are now listening to Wisdom from North podcast with me, Jannike Einias. Here I will explore topics such as metaphysics, spirituality, personal growth, and in general, how we can create good lives for ourselves. My intention is to find some answers, but perhaps more importantly, finding new questions to ask, because there is always something new to discover in this wonderful universe that we live in. In Wisdom from North, we're passionate about helping you take your spiritual growth to that next level. That's why we are collaborating with some amazing spiritual teachers and partners who offer free webinars and classes. Go to wisdomfromnorth.com forward slash free. Disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast belong to the guests and do not necessarily represent the views or positions of Wisdom from North or any entities they may represent. Now, please enjoy the episode. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody. A warm welcome to a new episode on the Wisdom from North podcast. Today, I'm going to bring you back to my Wisdom from North tour around the U.S. in 2013. <laughs> I'm laughing a bit because, <laughs> I don't know, I um, I think it's funny that I was touring the U.S. <laughs> just after one year we're doing interviews with Wisdom from North. Uh, but hey, I really believed in myself and the show, and I guess if I didn't, or wouldn't have believed in the show, I would never be where I am today, running a company and having a membership and online courses and everything, still doing Wisdom from North, right? So I actually went to New York City, had five interviews there, then I went to Phoenix, then I went to the West Coast. I had an amazing time. And today you're going to meet one of the people I interviewed, Karen Garvey. And Karen is a beautiful, elegant lady. And we were sitting actually in this off-Broadway theater, Vineyard Theater, and she was sharing her incredible story of being an independent consultant before having an accidental enlightenment on 9-11. She was completely normal or, you know, didn't see anything special, not any special abilities. And then all of a sudden, she could see beyond the veil, just like that. 
And what I also want to share is that for me, shedding light on 9-11 from a spiritual perspective has meant a lot to me. I actually also interviewed a lady called Bonnie McEnany about signs and premonitions from those one lost on 9-11. Bonnie's story is a bit different. Her husband died on 9-11 and apparently it seemed like he knew he was going to die. That's a very fascinating interview and I'll probably put it out here on the podcast as well. The reason why it meant so much to me to have some spiritual perspectives on 9-11 was because I was there in New York City in 2001. I had been there for a week. I was 21 years old. I was going to study theater. And I was feeling so lost when this happened. Not because poor me, but because I didn't know how I could help. I was sitting in Middletown in my small rented apartment. And I saw this huge fog. And the ironic thing was that it was the most beautiful day with that clear blue sky and then this fog downtown. And I lived very close by the harbor. So I went down there and I just saw, you know, this huge cloud of fog downtown. And as I stood there, I was just feeling so useless. Like I'm here, I'm safe. All these people are dying and I can't do anything about it. So those two interviews have really helped me see a deeper perspective around what happened. I remember at the time in 2013, I was really searching for stories, spiritual perspectives on 9-11. And there was another woman that I Skyped with. And for some reason that interview didn't happen, but her story was also quite miraculous. Her mother had died during 9-11, and I think her mother had been engaged or something like that. Um, anyway, she had a huge ring that her daughter that I talked with knew very well. It was a very special ring. And apparently they found that ring, like below all the stones and everything, they found that ring. And I remember she said, this is a miracle. Uh, and I know my mom meant for this ring to come back to me. So yeah, so this has touched me a lot. All right, back to Karen Garvey. Who is Karen? Karen is an author, international speaker, intuitive, personal and professional coach. On 9-11, she received simultaneous information about what was occurring. Her first experience learning something not through earthly means. Over time, she discovered how to intentionally attune to this connection. And presently, through this conduit to universal knowledge, Karen provides ongoing insights for seminars, media appearances, coaching, and books. I also want to mention that I'm really honored and happy that Karen was actually one of my very first masterclass teachers in Wisdom from North membership. Actually, when I just started the membership, I reached out to Karen. She was one of the first ones to say yes. And she gave me a masterclass that's called Making Discovery. And in this class, she is explaining deep spiritual concepts in a simple way 
and map out for you the journey of the soul. And this is a two-hour class, actually, where you learn the difference between living as a soul and living as a human and why suffering comes along with living too much in the ego and how joy enters your life when you opt into living as a soul. So guys, this two-hour class is available inside my membership portal. And as always, you are so welcome to join us. You can just go into wisdomfromnorth.com membership and hop in and join us in the membership portal. Now, lean back and let's learn from Karen Garvey's perspectives. Now, Karen, thank you so much for taking time and welcome to Wisdom from North. Well, thank you. And thanks for coming to New York City. Yeah, it's very exciting. And you're actually one of the first ones I'm interviewing. And uh, I saw you actually on Lee LeMay's and you told the story about 9-11. And it amazed me because you said you were a skeptic and you worked as a business consultant. And all of a sudden... You had this vision on a after a jogging tour? Yes. Yes, I was working as I have an MBA, so I was working as an independent business consultant at the time. So I worked out of my home. And what I would typically do is I would go for a run 3 or 4 mornings a week before I started. And on the morning of 9/11, uh, I went out for my run and I returned home about 5 to 9 in the morning. Uh, now, I live about an hour from Manhattan, so I don't have any, you know, physical access to understanding what's going on here at any given moment. But when I was standing in the driveway after my run, I kind of experienced what was happening as it was unfolding. Now, because I had never had an experience like that before, I thought I was just having like really uncomfortable or creepy thoughts or images. And I kind of admonished myself and pushed it out of my head and went into my house. But within 30 seconds, the phone was ringing. Somebody was telling me to put the television on. So I was able to see the images matching what I had experienced. And as the broadcasters were making suppositions about a small plane getting off of its route or losing its way, I knew that what I had experienced in the driveway was um, just beginning because not only did I see the images, but I also had a sense of the magnitude of it, I suppose, but I knew that it was just beginning and that it was not a small plane. Yeah, because you got some information as well about who were attacking. Yes, I, I did understand that it was, you know, a hostile attack and that is something that it became known to me. It almost feels like a download when you receive information like that. It feels like a download. And I didn't know yet how to open it up or focus on it. You know, the television is what helped me to focus on it. Had I not turned on that TV within minutes, I don't know what I would have ever made of that experience if I hadn't connected it to an event. So how did you deal with that? I mean, 9-11 was a tragic accident, and then all of a sudden you you get these visions. I, I mean, did you think I was, I'm going crazy now? You know, it's it's interesting, but what I did become very, very clear about that day is that our conscious energy is not connected to our bodies. And I didn't find myself to be fearful about that. I found that to be the only hopeful thing that happened that day. So in the aftermath of helping people out, we, we hadn't lost anyone directly that day, but we had a lot of people who had lost someone. So there was a lot of helping people for the next year and a half, year. 
Uh, so in focusing on what was going on in the real world, what gave me personal hope was just to understand that there's something grander than what we perceive through our physical senses. So where did it go from there? I mean, your perspective on life changed, yes, basically. It did. I didn't have any plan to do anything with my experience that day because I didn't really know how it happened or what to make of it. Uh, so after... It was a couple of years after 9-11 when we, I got back into a normal pattern and a schedule again. Living in New York, things were kind of not settled for quite a while. Uh, when I started to have normalcy, then I would start to receive simultaneous information about things that were happening all over the world. And it was with 100% accuracy. It wasn't as though I was having a vision and I wasn't able to get evidence of it soon thereafter. If I had something appear, then we would find someone would call me or it would appear in the newspaper the next day. So we were, I was always able to correlate it to what the event was. But was it happening at the same time? or It was always simultaneous, which I found kind of fascinating too. And sometimes the event was happening in a different part of the world and you would read the report the next day. And I'd actually have to calculate the time difference to understand that even though they're reporting it at 8 p.m. on Saturday night, it was actually occurring at 10 a.m. my time, which is when I received it. So in the beginning, I didn't understand that it was always simultaneous until I started to calculate the differences in times. Mm. But what really began, began to be even stranger was that I, the best way to describe it is I felt like I had a narrator with me that was not describing the physical intersections of the events, but was describing the reason behind them. And I was starting to hear things that I had not ever heard, like some things I think are commonplace known now, but back in the early part of the turn of the century, people weren't talking about it that commonly, like everybody is connected. You know, we are not our bodies. Everything happens for a purpose. Uh, challenges all bring benefit and they happen for meaningful reasons. Um, you know, we are souls having a physical experience. These are the things that I was hearing. And then I was being given information about how the intersections happened on earth how the crisis arose to allow opportunities for discovery and to allow benefits to unfold from the intersections. I was actually um, in New York City on 9-11, um, but I was pretty far from it. And I was thinking, I felt so small in a way because I didn't know what to do. Yes. And I felt all these awful things were happening and what can I do here? And I felt so insignificant in a way. And then I heard in one of your interviews, you were talking about that um, we are just as big as the collective in a way. Yes, yes. I, there's a lot of things that I've come to understand because I've learned how to open up this conduit and not just receive, but to be able to have it be more of a two-way communication to ask questions, get answers, and to get intuitive information really about any topic. And one of the things that I came to know over time that I think is pretty profound is that us as individuals, we are as important as everything in existence. So I am as important as everything, and you are as important as everything. And then everything is as important as you. Hmm. I know there's a lot of spiritual teachings out there that suppose either the superiority of the individual or the superiority of the collective. But when you recognize that they're equally important, you understand that even though you're one in, in billions, 
you still matter. You are significant and what you do matters. And so that particular knowledge of understanding how significant every single human is and every soul is, it helps me in my teachings of people to understand that every decision and every choice that you make matters. Mm. And I, it's it's really funny if you think about it, just to the point of, you know, dropping a piece of paper on the sidewalk, mm. you know, you don't, if you know that you're as important as everything and everything is as important as you, mm. you, you'll take your litter with you because it's the natural, respectful um, choice when you're understanding how important the collective is and how significant you are in the collective. And I think it's so important to know, and to me that is wisdom, because we have all these thoughts all the time that tell us that we're so small. I mean, this narr narr narrator, that was hard to say. <laughs> and so I'm wondering, to get a more flow in one's life, lives, uh, how can one um, deal with this voice that's telling you that you're so small? I, I I like, there's a particular saying that I had received once, and I like people to reflect on the saying, and sometimes I just ask them to memorize it, because it helps you to reignite what you knew you were born. And that expression is that I was born to be fulfilled and happy, and um, I am entitled to a happy, prosperous, and healthful life. The world is my canvas for personal fulfillment, and I can paint that canvas brilliantly and fearlessly. And so using a statement like that or a few statements like that and making them be something that you focus on a few times a day helps to remind you of what you knew when you were born. Those feelings of you mattering, they kind of get stripped away just by being a human. Yeah. You know, not everybody will see the best in you or see the light in you or see your talent because they're struggling with their own insecurities and their own self-doubt. Mm -hmm. So they're not necessarily always going to buoy you up or boost you or make you remember how wonderful you are. Mm -hmm. And so as an adult, you can choose to remember or you can choose to stay repressed or tamped down by the messages that you had gotten throughout your life. So it's an active choice. Mm -hmm. You know, for people who are raising children, I give a lot of ideas about how to keep your child connected to that inner love. But for most adults, it's a matter of figuring out how to strip away those mistruths and get back to the core of the knowledge that you are a powerful soul and that you are significant, you are purposeful, and you are unique and original, and you have really important reasons for why you chose to have this physical life to begin with. Mm. And that's what those uh, or the, the souls are telling you? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah um, I, I like to think about that communications that I get with non-physical sources, uh, there's a variety. It's um, it's just souls without bodies. We are souls when we don't have bodies as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but I believe that there's also just the collective, you know, whether you think of the collective as the vibration of love or the universe, or if you believe in a creator, there is a unifying energy that's the most powerful energy in all of existence. Mm. And I believe that these are all of the sources that we can connect with mm. when we learn how to or we remember how to, mm. and then we choose to do so. 
So let's talk about love. How can we really um, have love and follow our heart in a practical way without, you know, being too naive in this world? Yes. Uh, well, I think that, you know, just the idea of naivete or needing to learn to trust people. These are very learned behaviors. People who are challenged by receiving love teach us to not trust. But when you are letting go of the masks and layers and you really are beginning to like yourself again and appreciate your talents and your skills and your originality, you start to vibrate with a higher vibration. It, you can almost feel the difference that what you're emitting is a stronger energy and it tends to magnetize back more positive experiences for you. So the first way to allow more love into your life is to really focus on your own identity, get rid of the baggage of what other people have told you to be. Um, don't listen to what other people deem as worthy or what they say you need to be successful, but decide for yourself what makes you feel successful and worthy. It's remarkable that in the year 2013, there are still so many people who have jobs because that's what their parents wanted them to do, or they're living in a neighborhood because they think it makes them significant, or they're driving a certain car because they want to impress others because they're not impressed with themselves. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with any different car or neighborhood or job, as long as it's what you choose because you want it, mm -hmm. not because you're living up to the expectations of someone else. Mm -hmm. You know, the other part of it too, is that there are some people who will um, push away anything that is showing any kind of affluence because they believe that with affluence comes greed and negative behaviors and not good people are wealthy. That's not true either. It's a matter of what makes you happy. If a small cottage makes you happy and that's reflecting your identity in the moment, then that's fine. If a mansion is what makes you happy and you value and appreciate that space and you have a love of where you live and you feel wonderful about yourself, then that's fine. Mm -hmm. It's not about what you have externally. It's about how you feel about what it is that you have. Mm -hmm and to make choices that you feel reflect who you are. So how do we deal with a judgment? Uh, do you think those comes from our upbringing or is it just part of the ego? It's a kind of a natural thing that we are judging others. Part of judgment actually is a like self-preservation mechanism. When you have your self-esteem diminished or cut down when you're a child, you are always trying to find ways to build that back up to make yourself feel as though you matter. And one of the easiest defense mechanisms that we choose early on is to judge others. Because if we can judge others as being inferior in any way, no matter what it is, whether it's appearance, religion, gender, sexuality, if we can judge someone as being less than us, it gives us a momentary feeling of superiority. So we're kind of putting a band-aid on our bleeding lack of self-love. Mm. It's not a solution. It'll never have a permanent basis for us loving ourselves, but it helps just to have us 
feel as though we matter and not feel desolate. And that's the reason that judgment has originated. And you can see it, you know, it's actually funny to watch it play out in politics, mm -hmm. that in politics, you know, there's always two sides to the story. And um, when there's a strong debate, it's not enough to just say that my idea is superior to yours, but they will go as far as to say, I am superior to you mm. and we are all superior to your party. Mm. So that gives, gives the people who are speaking a feeling of self-worth. It's ephemeral, it's fleeting, it's a vapor. It will never get you any farther than the next moment of judgment. But it just keeps us connected to some kind of belief that we matter. Hopefully it keeps us connected long enough until we can really discover that we do matter. So it's all about self-love. I mean, it's it all, all goes back to that all the time. All goes back to self-love. All goes back to self-love. And um, in one of your interviews, or I... I can't remember where I saw it, but it really resonated with me. When you're irritated with a person or whatever, having an argument or, yeah, disagree, um, you said that you should uh, have it back at the back of your mind that um, everybody's doing their best from their level. Yes, yes, that's, a, that's another mantra, I suppose, that has really helped me to to become more enlightened. And that is that I reflect that everybody is doing the best that they can within their level of awareness. Mm -hmm. You know, your level of awareness is the, the vibration that you're born with, which is grand and beautiful, but then it gets so hidden by other people's misstatements or their lack of, of loving treatment of you. And so you you wind up radiating at a much smaller energy by the time you get to adulthood. It happens to you, it happens to them. So when someone is unkind to you or they are irritating or that you find them annoying, you just remember that they have a story. You don't know their story. You don't know what happened in their childhood. You don't know how they were treated. You don't know what was told to them. You don't know what limits they picked up from their own personal life. Mm -hmm. So if you understand that everyone is doing the best that they can based on what they know mm -hmm. or how much access they still have to their soul's wisdom, mm -hmm. then it helps you to not take it personally, number one, but to accept without judgment people where they are in that moment. Mm -hmm. And it also helps you to accept that when people are unkind to you, it has something more to do about them than it has to do with you. Right. So you can, it, it makes it harder for someone else to bring you down about your feelings of your own value and your own worth. Mm. It, it's a very peaceful perspective. Mm. Another little trick that I like that's helpful is that when you are with a challenging person, especially if it's someone that's in your life that you're not really willing to walk away from, but they're a part of your life on an ongoing basis, is that in an, in a difficult moment, it's it's nice to think about something about them that you like. Mm -hmm. You know, find something to appreciate about them, no matter how small it is. If you can find something about them that makes you feel happy or some redeeming quality, it's impossible to sustain a negative and a positive thought in your mind at the same time. So as soon as you turn your attention to wanting to see something positive, it can shift all of your energy. 
And when you shift toward being non-defensive, you can actually come up with a better solution, or you might become more contemplative in how you interact rather than being reactionary. Mm. And that's a tool that helps a lot of people as well. Mm. But are we allowed to allow <laughs> to uh, show or express feelings? I mean, anger, isn't it healthy as well to get the anger out? Or how can we deal with strong emotions? Yes. Well, what's very interesting about anger, anger happens to be a very active emotion and it can be very beneficial because anger keeps you engaged in the process. You know, if you don't have anger any longer and you move on to apathy or lack of interest or indifference, it's actually more difficult to continue on that path of enlightenment, of becoming happier and happier. So anger engages you. But the important thing to remember is that when you feel angry, your trigger might be something that somebody else did or didn't do or said or didn't say, but it's always based on your history. It's actually triggering events that happened long before that moment. Ah. So you're bringing up things that you haven't resolved and this person is just a reflection outwardly of things that you haven't resolved inside of you. So if you can keep understanding that your own anger is not necessarily fully directed at this person, even if the trigger is this person in the moment, it can help you to step back, take a peaceful pause whenever you can have a moment and say, what is this? triggering inside of me? What is it that I'm feeling that makes me feel anger to this person? And most often it's that they trigger a sense of inferiority or feeling of not being worth enough or a feeling of helplessness. And no one likes the feeling of being disempowered. So anger is usually a feeling of, I don't have any power here. And if you find the core in you, it helps you to communicate with the other person in a way that's productive because an angry reaction usually just creates defensiveness in the other person. So it's not a productive communication. Mm. But if you can take a pause and understand what that anger is triggering in you, then you can go back and say, this is what you said and how it made me feel. And I would really appreciate it if you didn't communicate with me like that anymore because of how it makes me feel. And there might be something that you recognize that you've done as well that triggers them. Mm -hmm. And that would be the most wonderful time to say, is there anything that I'm doing that's also, you know, making you feel unimportant or helpless or angry or whatever words you feel comfortable using? And then all the relationships become more conscious in a way that we're each, uh, each other's teachers? Yes, exactly. That's exactly it. It's the difference between being awake and being asleep. Mm. So uh, from a spiritual point of view, do you think we attract um, soul uh, or partners and people that come into our lives uh, for a reason? Um, do you think we attract it uh, by law of attraction or do you think there's a destiny there? There's a blueprint. It was supposed to happen no matter what. Okay. That's a really, uh, that's an excellent question. And it's a very deep question as well. <laughs> uh, and coming from a, you know, an intellectual background, you know, in a family that valued the intellect, not anything 
um, related to spirituality at all, I've always veered toward like the science of what I do rather than anything connected to religion or other practices. And one of the sciences that I stumbled upon that helps me understand this journey more is chaos theory. Mm -hmm. And chaos theory, just to simplify it, just pretty much states that there's nothing random in the universe. Okay. You know, you can examine it as much as you want and go into the depths of the theory, but it has proven that everything is in order, that there is order in the universe. And what I like about that explanation is that we understand that whatever we experience has purpose. Okay. And it also helps sometimes that when you understand that everything you experience has purpose, it's okay sometimes to not know what the purpose is in that moment, but you can act with some trust because you know that there is wisdom behind it. And in a lot of cases, if there's something that's an important incident or a recurring incident that's creating you know, some kind of discord in you and you really want to reflect on it, if you stay with it and try to seek the benefit in that, in that discomfort, you're going to find why you attracted in that person or that experience and you can begin to see how it does benefit you. And as soon as you find the benefit, you are able to let go of the challenges behind it. Here's one of the funniest things that I've learned that we as a whole, we tend to make our discoveries through pain. Mm. And we're kind of conditioned to make our yeah. discoveries through pain. But when you are actively awake and you're seeking new levels of consciousness and new perspectives that are aligned with universal truth, you can actually bring in your moments for awakening through positive events and positive people and positive experiences. That's nice to hear. Yes. <laughs> and when you know that, it helps you to not need the challenges as much. And one of the interesting byproducts of my accidental enlightenment is that I have fewer challenges than most people. And I could not have predicted that. I could not have known that that was a byproduct. If I had known it was a byproduct, I would have started this process intentionally a long time ago because <laughs> it's, it's much nicer. And that's what's one of the things I encourage people to do. Stay awake think about the things that are happening that feel good, put as much effort into figuring out how you magnetize those in as you used to give to how you're bringing in things that are not making you feel comfortable. But speaking of awakening, how can we awake? Because this just happened to you, didn't it? Yes, but uh, I, I think that most people have had a glimpse of what I have experienced. Mine might have been a little bit more in a very sharp moment and, 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 you know, pretty much not something that you could ignore, but most people have experiences all the time that they choose to ignore because they're embarrassed mm. because they don't have a frame of reference for it mm. because they doubt it. But if you think about it, it could be something like someone, you know, that passes away and you love them. You feel like you experience them in a dream. It's not just a dream 
where you could dream about that person and, you know, think about something that happened while they were alive or kind of still working out your stuff with them. It's a, it's, it feels like a visit. It feels like you're with their soul. And when you wake up, you kind of know that you visited with them. But then if you go about your normal day, oftentimes people will say, I know it feels good to believe that you're connected, but it was yeah. just a dream, dear. You know, and, and the world has a way of taking those amazing moments away from you. But taking if you, the magic away. Yes. <laughs> but let the magic be, you know, if you turn right when you normally turn left and then you find out that you missed an accident on the other direction take ownership that this is that it's because you have this partnership in the universe that's working with you and giving you messages and supporting you so even if you can't hear or see or feel non-physical sources the way that i can you still have access to it and you can still grow it if you choose to grow it so it will develop if we uh, uh, start opening our minds and start trusting it yes. in a way and start uh, judging less and thinking more positively. Yes. Yeah, there's a there are a few things that you can do to enhance it. And one is to work on releasing judgment. As you said, it's amazing how powerful that path is. Yeah. Um, but setting the intention of becoming more intuitive, the intention alone is very powerful because then you're able to witness and interpret some of the wonderful messages of things that are happening around you, things that you might have previously ignored. You know, um, and the other thing is, again, and I can't overemphasize it, it's to continue to find ways to love yourself more. Mm. You know, I'll, I'll, I give um, a three-day weekend just on how to love yourself more. And in the, at the end of the three days, everybody leaves feeling like, wow, you know, I, I am important and I do have power and I am able to go out there and carve out a life that I really want and let go of my limits of misbeliefs that this is not possible or this is not possible or I'm not good enough. And so that's those are the important steps to allowing the awakening to arise. Oh, I love it. So where are we heading now as human beings? Are we becoming more spiritual beings, do you think? I, I know we are. And one of the ways that we can witness that is, you know, 9-11, the incident was 2001. Um, and if you think about what typical conversation was then, it's very different than the conversation people are having in 2013. Mm -hmm. There's very few pockets now anywhere where people aren't saying things like everything happens for a reason or that having the knowledge that we are souls having a physical experience. So there's been a lot of collective enlightenment in that in that very short period of time. Because if you look at all of history, you know, the last 12, 13 years is a very, very short amount of time in comparison to human history. But what I see is that, you know, one thing that's always indicated to me of kind of a predictive nature. And these predictions were ones that were given to me as early as 2005 and 2006, is that it was indicated that starting in 2012, 
um, we were going to begin to have as much energy of people who are living above the line as those living below the line. I always think of the line as here's neutral, above the line is anything positive, and below the line is anything negative. But the amount of energy of people on earth living above the line will eventually exceed that of those living below the line. Mm. And that's going to be a, a pivotal pivotal moment because once there's more above the line than below, then everything can shift. Mm. So I think um, 2012 to 2020 will be those years where more and more people are discovering these kinds of truths mm. and choosing to live in a way that's honoring each other, honoring themselves, honoring the planet, honoring our plant community, our our animal community. And as more people shift into that vibration, then, I, you know, I always hear 2020 means clear vision. Mm. So 2020, we're heading toward clear vision. And of course, there's no such thing as time, so there are no absolutes here, but, and there's no moment like January 1st versus January 2nd, but the general feeling is that that energy will continue to emerge, one of a more spiritual nature, more connected to the wisdom that we had when we were born, and we'll see a much more prolific shift as we get closer and closer to 2020. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm looking forward to you. And, you know, you are one of those people that's helping the shift to happen. And I believe that I'm one of those people as well. And the more people who are willing to, you know, go out there and take what others might perceive as a risk to share things that sometimes may be controversial or unpopular in the moment, uh, the more people are willing to do that, the more others will have the seeds planted and find those sources of wisdom in their own lives. Yeah, and I think it's been an amazing ride for me. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm doing. <laughs> it just feels right, and I'm just following my heart. And it is a risk, but it's a fun risk, and I wouldn't have it any other way. So um, I think uh, we have to finish up here. We're in a theater, and they're going to have a, a reading. But is there anything you want to say uh, at the end? Uh, sure. I would. I just like to continue to encourage people to believe in possibility. Um, understand that sometimes all you have to do is look at something that seems so commonplace, whether it's the ocean or the stars, or sometimes it's just the magnificence. I know this might sound a little silly, but like how many bugs you can see in one place. And you think about how did they all get there? And then you think about variety on earth and the fact that you're from Norway and I'm from New York and that there's other people here living a life and the ocean is blue here and not so blue there. When you think about the vastness of everything, it can sometimes help you to remember that all of this matters all of this variety and all of this magic can emerge for no reason. It all matters. Mm. And if you allow yourself to feel that joy and enjoy being alive and being present to your own physical senses, to your own pleasure, to music, to colors, to art, to doing what makes you happy, when you choose that path, you'll continue to vibrate higher and higher and magnetize in more people and experiences at that vibration. And it's contagious because then they will and you will continue to do that as well. It is contagious because now I'm so inspired. <laughs> Thank you so much. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. you want to become more who you are and live in alignment with your soul's purpose and explore a deeper meaning with your life, then you are most welcome to join Wisdom from North membership. If you want to go deeper, you can find all our English online courses and programs at wisdomfromnorth.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube just by searching for Wisdom from North. Until the next episode, much light, from here.